for lapping it up. Hello? Eureka, Billy Jean! Bobby Riggs. I had a great idea. Male chauvinist pig versus hairy leg feminist. You're still a feminist, right? I'm a tennis player who happens to be a woman. Don't hang up. And by the way, I shave my legs. Billie Jean King, already a champion of women's rights, is now the most successful female player of all time. I am not saying that women don't belong on the court. Who would pick up the balls otherwise? Oh my God. There's not a single thing I don't hate about Bobby Riggs. Don't, don't get me wrong, I love women in the bedroom and in the kitchen. I'm gonna be the best. That way I can really change things. The order from at this time only an exclusive on 103.3 Italian FM. rights are human rights however women's rights have been underrated ignored and trampled upon you're welcome to the other room and in this room this is where we discuss issues that affect women a room that we've owned and we've decided to use this room to fight for uh, fight for our rights and also discuss issues that affect us. Certified Camille is my name. And I'm Cassie, the radio diva. And in the other room today, we have Ihuoma Chidiwe Anonye. She is a lawyer and a human rights activist, Alliances for Africa. Good evening. Good evening. Good to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me again. And then we, we have Uzo Wuchoma here in the studio as well. She is the Legal Programs Assistant Alliance says for Africa. Good evening. Good evening. Good to have you back as well. I mean, we discussed was it like two or three Wednesdays ago? Three weeks ago. It's good to have you back in the other room. Uh, Today we are discussing something very important. When we saw uh, Maputo Protocol this morning, uh, we looked at it. For some of us, we, we are hearing about it for the first time. And by the time we decided to by the time we decided to research about the Maputo Protocol, we realized that this is something all women should not sleep on. This is something we should all know because this is what protects. It is what protects our rights as women in Africa. So we are going to be having a conversation uh, in relation to that, and we are also going to be looking at. Uh, we are going to be assessing um, gender gaps in the patriarchal society and then see how we can also make Nigeria safer for women and girls. So stay tuned and be a part of this conversation. Don't worry, you will get you, you the conversation will flow and you'll get to understand it. Yeah, I'm very sure a lot of people actually like wondering what is Maputo protocol. The ways it sounds how like even, it, how do they even Hello? Eureka Belly Jeans. Bobby Riggs. I had a great idea. Male chauvinist pig versus hairy leg feminist. You're still a feminist, right? I'm a tennis player who happens to be a woman. Don't hang up. Uh, by the way, I shave my legs. Billie Jean King, already a champion of women's rights, 
is now the most successful female player of all time. I am not saying that women don't belong on the court. Who would pick up the balls otherwise? Oh, my God. There's been a single thing I don't hate about Bobby Riggs. Don't get me wrong. I love women in the bedroom and in the kitchen. If you're just tuned in, this is The Other Room with Certified Camille. And I'm Cassie, the radio diva. And we have Iwoma Chidiwe Anonye in the studio and also Nzobu Chioma. And we are going to discuss uh, the Maputo Protocol and how it can help us have a safe environment in Nigeria, a, a safe environment for women and girls here in Nigeria. And like Cassie said, you're hearing Maputo Protocol and it sounded like a name in South Africa, a name of somebody or some town in South Africa. But we are going to understand exactly what it means on the show. So I uh, would let Uzowu uh, Choma explain it to us a bit. What is this Maputo Protocol? Okay, the Maputo Protocol is a protocol on Africa is a protocol to African Charter of Women and Business Rights. Meaning this protocol specifically addresses women's rights. It was adopted in Maputo at Zambia on eleventh July two thousand and four. So that's why it's called Maputo mm-hmm. Protocol. Okay, so so now you get it? Mm. Cassie, you're not confused again. <laughs> <laughs> so why why is um, this protocol important when we are talking about um, having a safe environment for women and girls? Why is this um, protocol important, Ivo Machidir? Um, okay, um, maybe I'll just draw a little from what Trauma said again and, and sum it up. Um, the the Maputo Protocol was actually the f- the first time it came up was the Women in Law and Development in Africa. That was in I think Lomé Togo in 1995, when they felt um, we should have a specific protocol pronouncing on women's rights. Okay, affiliated to the African um, the Protocol on Af- Human Rights, Human and People's Rights of the African Commission on Human and People's Rights. Okay, so they pushed, they moved for it. And then it was adopted by the um, a, a commission or a committee was set up to look into that, and then they came up with the Maputo Protocol. Now, why is it important in addressing women's rights in Africa or in promoting women's rights in Africa? Because it's a protocol that specifically addresses the rights of women that binds that cuts across Africa, not just one part or west or. Every, all the issues addressed there are issues that women across Africa face on a daily basis 
okay so it's like let's have a protocol that unifies us as women in africa and addresses the issues we all face as women in africa so it's uh, you, we cannot talk about women's rights in africa without mentioning a Maputo protocol so it protects women against uh, female genital mutilation absolutely. violence against women absolutely yeah. widowhood rights um, widow's rights and widowhood um, protects against widowhood practices protects in fact promotes inheritance of property by women so it's 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 an is an is an is a holistic protocol that's why it's important we talk about the maputo protocol it's not just any protocol okay um the protocol also uh, covers uh, when it comes to the women part the right to their fertility right to, to how many children they should have because uh, I think sometimes in families a woman will be like I don't want to have any other kids I don't want to have any more and the husband will be like you don't have the right to decide how many child or how many children you should have and yet a lot of people are still practicing it in the families um well i i i'm not certain the rights named no specific number of children because for me that would be no I'm, I'm not saying specific yeah, yeah but when, it, when it, you're it women, women the right yes, to decide to whether decide. or not you wanted to have this mm -hmm. number of children yes that's why i said it's a holistic right that addresses specific details of women's rights that have been ignored by most laws because um, our national laws are sometimes culturally biased okay so now we have uh, a protocol as beautiful as as this i mean when you're looking at it on paper it looks so beautiful or more once implement once implement this nigeria will be the safest place for women and girls but then we still have a nigeria where a girl cannot go out at night and feel comfortable in Nigeria where a girl is advised not to even stay out late because it's assumed that something bad is going to happen to the girl child we still have a Nigeria where a woman uh, gets married and she's um, she's attacked she's abused physically and at times emotionally so what exactly is the problem okay the challenge is Nigeria signed this Maputo Protocol. They are state party to this Maputo Protocol and ratified things. But then we have a section in the constitution that says once Nigeria has signed and ratified any treaty and say was litigated upon or legislated upon to make it domestic countries in Nigeria. So by that section of section twelve of the nineteen ninety nine constitution as amended. It makes it not. It makes it uh, unavailable for people to know that this particular this particular protocol has been signed and ratified. Because we can, you can't make, you can't talk about something that is not part of our system. So this has not been made part of our system. The only thing we are aware is that Nigeria signed and ratified this Maputo protocol. It has not been passed into law. So you cannot go to court and use. The Maputo Protocol. That court, I mean, by court, I mean the ordinary Nigerian court, from the High Court to the Supreme Court. You cannot be using the Maputo Protocol because it's unknown to them. Until that section 12, which says that our legislatures need to legislate on this and make and pass it into make it an act and pass it into law too. Until then, um, okay, okay. Basically, um, you know, I like coming from. The reality of the Nigerian <laughs> society most times. Um, we have laws in Nigeria. Yes, maybe it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't specifically um, attest to every right of the woman holistically, like the Maputo Protocol. However, um, 
Nigeria is a society that is resistant to law. Okay, so naturally, even the, the national laws we have are not even enough for us. We haven't even acted upon all of them. Okay, um, um, apart from what she has said, which is very key to adopt it as our Nigerian laws, um, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a societal problem we have with laws in Nigeria. We have a plethora of laws. There's almost nothing you can talk about that we don't have at least a law. Either that has been repealed or was not passed eventually. But probably a bill came up for on that issue. But the problem is, when do we start implementing these laws? When do we start working with these laws? Okay. So, uh, sometime last month, I think it's last month, yeah. Last month, but correct me, it's actually coming from your angle. Alliances of Africa for Africa actually released a statement. I think it's, uh, a general uh, investigation that you guys did right here in Imo State and you stated out the hostile treatments that women go through in Imo State mm -hmm. and I think you tagged it as a state that women are not really safe in. You talked about female mutilation, you talked about um, widowhood practice, a lot of things that has to do with women and their rights. Now my question now, I, I want to link it up to this Maputo protocol. She talked about Nigeria just signing it but they've not implemented it, right? Now is there any possible way that a state would want to implement it and not want it or waiting for Nigeria to actually uh, implement it before they can actually adopt it? Well, um, um, legally, it has to follow a process. Okay. However, I know some states when they look at the beauty, um, the, the when they look at the beautiful protection or the beautification of the rights of a specific um, marginalized set in the state, they could develop a bill adopting sections of those articles okay so there's no state that's restricted in state in particular is not restricted we can we can we can provide we can draw up a bill from the Maputo protocol adopting the articles and domesticating them as our person without waiting to pass through the legal process of ratification domestication adoption and all of that so we could just do that drop a bill for ourselves that does not have to bear any name Maputo or anything but okay. we know this is, a, this is a protecting the rights of women in Imo state and then we can pass it into law. All right so now I'm also going to stay ask you based on the research that you guys released how, how come how did you guys come to that conclusion that in Imo state women and everything you wrote about the mutilation the not too safe the harassment the widowhood and everything what 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 are the percentage of it in Imo state well um i i wouldn't come from a statistics a point mm. of percentage i rather come from a legal percentage okay now in a, in a state where you do not have a particular law that protects the interests of women where women can always fall back on okay to protect themselves or build as a shield um like the verb as violence against persons law or violence against persons act um i think that's that was that was the basis for that report okay uh, we we a feminist organization we work with women we work around these issues of women we try to provide a safer environment for women so in the course of our work we discovered that hey a lot of these things we're fighting against happens right here under our nose and then we felt okay fine we should have a legal document to address this specifically and the VAP Act addresses this issue specifically but because um, at some point the state's rules or members of the state of different institutions and said this is an abortion bill cannot be passed the VAP Act was repealed in most states okay when it, it had passed both reasons um, reasons that should have just been passed as law now um, our, our conclusion is this if 
being uh, working with women mm. who have these issues, knowing that from our work with women in the, at the community level, at the state level, we discover that oh, these are issues that play women every other day, and then we do not have a law that addresses it. That women are not safe in the state. That means anybody can do anything and get, and away, get away with it because there is no law specifically addressing these issues. Okay. So that's why we came to the conclusion that hey, women are not safe in most states. This conversation is quite important because even if we keep screaming from now till tomorrow and we do not have legal documents uh, back back it up. then we are, we are wasting our time because people will keep going free people would abuse women and go free people would discriminate against women and still go yes. free and nothing, and nothing would happen it really, to them it really enables perpetrators because I mean if, if I was going to if I was going to slap this this a let's say I'm A and this B and C if I was going to slap B or C and then walk away and the rest of the alphabets do nothing trust me, I, every time I'll, in fact, I'll move from B and C and begin to slap people around because I feel, hey, I'm powerful because nobody's doing anything but if I lay a hand on A or B and C and someone reacts and does something, trust me, I won't come back to do it so it's um, not holding perpetrators accountable for their crimes energizes and empowers them to keep perpetrating it, so when a woman is real they know she would even tell and they tell you don't tell your like a child is violating like don't tell your mommy and everything and you know the child will not talk so you would be emboldened to keep doing that because you know nobody's going to ask you what did you do and but sometimes even when they talk nothing has been done yeah so that's, that's when people feel that ah nobody's only accountable in the lawless society when we get free everything we do they keep doing it but if you know that if i do this again to trace me and then to hack me down you won't go twice if you mistakenly do it once you won't go back if you are listening to the other room and we want you to be a part of this conversation, find our posts on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at DarlingFM1073. We also have a phone line and we'll open that phone line shortly. The number is 0815-050-1073. What, can, what do you think can be done to make Nigeria safer for women and girls? Facebook page Hillary Simosu says, Well, we can create a safe Nigeria for women and girls by creating an enabling environment and equal opportunity. Women are the pillar of every society. Do you agree with that comment? Who are you asking? Choma. <laughs> Okay, I do agree with him in total. Okay. Because um, from the angle that um, women are the pillar of everything we do, if we check the population of people in Nigeria, you see that women are almost at the top percent. So we cannot be making laws that are not favorable to this particular population that is higher and then favoring the women. 
if you do that, the, the gender kind of says the statistics of women and girls against boys or women against um, men, if it doesn't balance, it doesn't give us that safe environment, it doesn't bring us that beauty, beautiful environment we want to create in Nigeria. So all laws should be made, and that means laws should be made in a way that is to favor both gender. No gender should be discriminated. That's what we're saying. Women should not be left out of anything. Not politics, not the social uh, outcome of every anything in Nigeria. Women should be carried along. All genders should be carried along. Alright, so talking about discrimination, uh, I was actually at Ihoma. I was discussing with a friend of mine sometime, I think February, March. So, and I'm like, okay, discrimination, we, we got talking and we, we talked about, I talked about the part that there are so many things that we've had actually been discriminated on, you understand? And he felt like, he was like, how, why do we keep saying this? Why do we keep saying that women, there's this whole lot of discrimination against women? And I tried explaining and he didn't see any sense in everything that I said. So is there a way? You can actually break it down when people actually come out and say that there is a discrimination against women. What are those things that you feel like, okay, women are not really benefiting yet, of, yet they're supposed to be benefiting from it? Okay, let's start from um, political participation and leadership. Check mm. um, political leaders, how many are women? How many women are elected into office? How many women contest and how many are elected? In fact, recently, because um, um, Alliance for Africa works on a project on um, increasing women's participation in politics, that's under our women in governance. And um, um, we trained some women in politics so they could be better, they could engage better at the political level. And then we had some women who contested and um, who got, who, who, was in nomination form now, but anyway, they got into, at uh, the primaries, they won the primaries, okay, and got into there, just for them to get to the national points, where the submission, discovered that the names had been switched. To names the names were swapped? Yes, what? swapped to names of the counterpart, that's the male. The male counterpart. So, okay, now let's look at it. A man would not naturally swap. And his name with another man's name. So uh, the feeling is this: they are women. What are they going to do there? So we do not have. Uh, let me be equal now. We do not even have a, a ratio of 40 to 60 or 60 to 40 of women's representation in politics. We do not have that. So why do people say there's no discrimination? But women, women percentage and policies is 35%. That's what That's even what we're advocating for. We are still advocating for 35%. Yes, because the fact that it's quite difficult to even get to 50, knowing the, the history we are coming from, knowing where we are starting from. Mm. So we say, let's keep it down. Let's just start with 35. When we've achieved 35, we can escalate it. Okay. But this is where we are. So why would someone say there's no discrimination? If the person can explain why we have this disparity in political Presentation, then I can understand that okay, fine, maybe we do not have now. Let's get down to let's get down to our everyday life in the society, societal ideologies. Men, no, nobody, nobody, um, nobody, um, how do I see it now? Nobody circumcises the um testicles of men, the stick home one, the balls, sorry. Um, but we, we, nobody tames the man's um, reproductive, um, reproductive organs. organs. 
to tame his um, sexual urge. Thank you, perfect. Nobody does that, but every day, every day, right under our nose in Imo State, our girls at the community levels are being circumcised to tame down the sexual urge. So it's no more than the males. It's not discrimination. Okay, because they are women. I keep telling people that most times we are harassed on the road because we are just women, not for anything. You pass a, you pass three young men approaching you on the road and they touch you. They don't do that to their fellow men because you are a woman and you're seen as object of sexual harassment or sexual gratification. That is discrimination. Okay. okay. So where where do we want to come from? Where do we want to come from that women are not being discriminated? Is it the culture? Is it where is that leave? You know, I, I my voice to what she has said. Yeah. Even ordinarily in a family like this, and then you want to share the, the father's property. Let's say the father died carefully. And then you want to distribute his property, landed property. Women will not get those properties with the whole excuse that they are married down. For crying out loud, I didn't, I didn't know her to that property. Okay. Alright. Okay. So I think so you think, have enough answers yeah, for your, I, for your I, friend. I think this now. particular word you said. Uh, I, I I once had a show on this, and uh, someone actually told me, or rather, I told someone. Okay, you're saying you're not going to give the person or the child, the, the female child is actually married. Does it automatically make her not to be member of the family again? And he didn't answer anything. I'm like, but when they start doing the burial levy, she pays, right? She contributes. You guys call her to come and do the contribution and all that. And so, talking about the discrimination again, I, my cousin entered, she was just in me last night. She said she was traveling from Enugu to Okutakos, so she entered a public transport. And she paid, just like every other person paid. And the front seat, nobody was there. <laughs> so she had to drop something in front, you know, the front seat and the inner seat. So when she sat down there, a man came in. She had to drop down, so the man can enter inside. And the man said, no. How can you allow me? Why are down now? Like you close to a man. That a man is supposed to stay inside and then he's staying outside. And she was like, How? This is where I want to stay. I paid. I came here before you. And the driver said, Mbao, the women of nowadays, you put this one, that one, that one. And do you know, eventually, she has to, she said, she was took the picture and said to me she said she eventually sat where she wanted to sit and the man said over his dead body with his seat inside and someone else another lady had to now forfeit her seat the back and now come in front and the man had to now go behind i would naturally pay for both seats if you do if you do that kind of thing i would pay okay don't worry see <laughs> i'll pay for both seats just relax because it doesn't make sense people do that that's that's part of discrimination people do you that understand. all the time we are all human beings is there, is there anything that will happen if, if, if the man stays there and the woman you know, stays you know, there funny enough um, I, I was in inugo some was it last two weeks back? And mm. then, um, I I have this uh, mental figure. Um, he's a he for she. He's very supportive of women. And we went to visit him and we engaged in a conversation. And he was trying to understand what my organization does and all of that. And he said something. He narrated this. I was I was waiting to know if it was a scene because I know this happened in Minigo. And um, a lady was there before him. And when he came, she said she wasn't moving. He said, okay, come in. Let me enter and sit down. And he was like, how can you do that? And then he picked on the lady said do you know he's a man and he was like no you don't do that 
because this is a he for she say you don't do that she's a human person naturally she came before me and she said she wanted to sit naturally she sits in the other free space and they were like so he now told her he told her say i recognize you right and everything just calm down let me go okay and six push the driver so she came down and said there's no need i just i feel okay that you recognize the fact that it's me it's my right to sit where i want to sit because i came before you so she moved on her own now she decided it was okay to yeah now that that I, like i looked at it i said imagine if we all recognize that we are first human persons before agendas do, so do you think that there are things that we can do uh, aside the maputo protocol now there are things that we can do as the society as people who are not lawmakers to ensure that um, the the country is safe for women and girls. Yes, family has a role to play. It starts from the family. When a girl child wants to do a particular thing, you say no, this is not for you, it's for the boy. Ah, that's how I didn't play so football. The boy now go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am meant to do this particular play this particular role, and then the, this, the girl child is meant to play this particular role. So the family should learn how to balance the equation. That's where it starts from, down to the school level and then the society at large. Okay, that makes sense. And if, if we can have more he for she advocates, uh, that would make sense. Because if we're all, imagine that it's not just women who are saying equal rights for women, do not discriminate against women, fight against vi uh, violence against women, uh, uh, fight against female genital mutilation, that we also have men who are in this fight that we all unite our voices yeah. it will make it a lot easier okay yeah. i think the first point is sorry please is buying yeah. buying the men into the fight basically i used to ask myself i said if we can even get five percent of the men speak up for the women i think we've achieved um like 30% of our intentions or our objectives in this fight because um, who, who are major perpetrators are the men the, um, some of them um, well I, I don't want to say it's their fault it's not their fault all their lives they've been told the wrong things they've been told the wrong narratives they grew up believing the wrong narratives so they don't just understand why suddenly the narratives are changing okay so uh, like um, like the mentor figure I talked about he said he feels we will make more impact if we can reach the schools, the primary schools, and begin to teach the children at that level, or in fact, incorporate it probably as a subject in the curriculum, teach them at that level that every boy, every girl is first a human person. You are equal, you're normal, you're, the, you're humans. Okay, because uh, like she said, the patriarchy, the patriarchy in our homes are so heightened that. From, in fact, from the womb, there's a distinction. He's boy, she's girl. So we, so we grow up, we grew up, we grow up rather different personalities or different human persons. And then it's difficult for one to begin to realize in old age, oh, I'm, she's supposed to be a human person like myself. So I think if we can incorporate the men, he for she, to amplify our voices, and if we can get them at that tender age, so that the mistakes our ancestors made we do not repeat it for our children. I think we would go a long way to, to address the issue of gender-based violence in, in the generation or in our generations. Okay. All right. So during the International Women's Day, uh, there's this um, statistic that came out and they said that, major, okay, not, let me not use the word majority, but why uh, it looks like 
the the laws uh, 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 guiding women, the laws promoting um, self place or self zone for women in the country is not being not just in the country but in the whole world is because that almost not almost but a certain percent of women do not really even support that equality a certain percent of percentage of women are not still agitating just like every other woman is doing and so some men feel like okay there's this percentage that is actually saying yes we need the equal right this other percentage is like okay we we love you the way it is we're good to go anyhow it is so do you think that that can actually be a factor